Good morning, everybody. So good to hear voices and laughter, and uh, yeah, it's good to be here this morning, right? We're glad to be here. Uh, Just a couple of announcements for us. First and foremost, of course, is we have a meal uh, following our uh, service here. Uh, it's prepared for us by Scott and Carla. And I see here it uh, says that we're celebrating Scott's 60th birthday. Ooh. <laughs> and there will be cupcakes, so wish him happy birthday. Razz him a little bit. Oh, you're 60, you know, all that good stuff. <laughs> um, looks like uh, as far as other announcements go, Uh, We have our regularly scheduled Wednesday uh, activities here. Uh, 9 a.m. we have the Touchpoint online. And at 6 p.m. we have youth group that meets upstairs. We just started that uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, All are welcome to come, young and old. But we love to see the youth here and, of course, kids as well. There's kids' night here uh, on Wednesdays at 6. And... Of course, as always, the tithe boxes are in the back for our giving. You can also give online for those who are watching. So this morning, I woke up and I had something else in my head I was going to to share with us this morning. Um, But as we were singing and I was just contemplating Jesus and what he's done in in my own life, I, I... I started thinking about something else, and I felt that something else uh, replaced what I had planned to say. And uh, It's short and, and simple, but uh, I've, in school, uh, I've been teaching uh, the kids. <laughs> We've been studying the book of Genesis, and in the book of Genesis, we see God give the first blessing to mankind, and that first blessing, he says that you will be fruitful and multiply. And uh, I tell the students that uh, that blessing is, is more than just, oh, you're, you're going to have children. That blessing is about the, the very essence of God's life. It's the story where God breathes his life into mankind. It's how he creates us. He says he breathes his spirit of life into us and brings us into being uh, is the very first story. And then that blessing of life is this beautiful promise that that first act of breathing his life into us never doesn't ever end. As, as we continue, as we grow, as we relate to one another, and as we, our families uh, become larger and, and children come and children come, it's that fulfillment of that promise that his life is in us and with us and working through us in this beautiful way where new people are created constantly. <laughs> we, we see it. And I've been thinking about this recently, and because uh, if you haven't heard already, if we haven't already told you, my uh, wife and I are expecting a new life. Uh, (laughs) Coming this spring in March. And so this morning, I just, uh, I found myself just thinking about how beautiful and and wonderful that is and and how blessed I feel when I'm just with my wife, and we were at the ultrasound the other day, and I just was, we were seeing our child on the screen. We were seeing them move and, and be and exist. And, and as I was, I was just standing there watching my wife and our child, and I was just realizing that there's, there's nothing, what more could I, would I wish for? And I know that many of us probably feel the same, and so... I guess this morning I would just encourage us, as we're thinking about blessing, as we're thinking about giving and and all these things that concern us, um, the heart of the matter is always people. The heart of the matter is the connections that we have. It's the things that are important to us. And as we think about all the things that we could be worried about in life, I just come back to this place where I I have to be centered around the the blessing that I have and how blessed I am. So I just want to ask you to join me this morning as I lift up thanks to my Heavenly Father for the good blessing that He's given me. 
I feel overwhelmed with the goodness of that blessing, with the wonder of that blessing. I see his life working in my life. I see his life in me, lifting me up, encouraging me, giving me strength. I see his life in my wife as she blesses me day through day with her wisdom and beauty and wonder. And I see that life growing inside of her and the child that is being made by you, Jesus, right now. That's a miracle. That's a wonder. That is your life. That is your promise of life in this world, continuing, moving, and shifting, making things that weren't come to exist. That is more than I can articulate. That's more than I can give thanks for in one prayer. But Jesus, we lift it up to you together as a community. We lift up thanks. We lift up our wonder that you are the God of the universe. You are Jesus in us. Your spirit is with us. Your life and your goodness rest on our lives. And we declare that for this week, for this year, as we go forward, that you are here in your name, Jesus. Amen. Give her a hand. She has a word for us this morning. Thank you. Good morning. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> Not only did the last two Sundays really lead up to what I'm going to speak about today. But those last three songs, so many of those words in those songs you're going to hear again. So they were power-packed. Thank you, Abby. Um, my message this morning is titled, Who Are You? Knowing Your True Identity. I woke up the morning of August 3rd, with an old song going through my head. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. And I thought, if we could just get this into our head and into our mind and believe every word is the truth, because this song is fully backed up by the word of God, how this could change the face of the church in America and around the world. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. We are brand new creation. We can fully approach his presence. We can come into, enter the holy of holies because of what Jesus did for us. When he took his last breath, Matthew 27, 50 and 51 says, And when Jesus cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom. I like to say, from heaven to earth. It wasn't torn from the bottom, ripped upward, but it was torn. God tore it from the top to the bottom. That curtain was what separated God from his people. Only the priests were allowed to go behind that curtain. Those who had been cleansed, who had cleansed themselves so that they would not die in the presence of a holy God. But today, because of the blood that Jesus shed on the cross for us, because he paid that price, we can enter into the holy of holies. The curtain was torn we can go before our Father with no, no condemnation of sin. The Father sees us through his blood. When the Father, I'm sorry, the Father, when he looks at us, he sees us through the blood 
of Jesus Christ, his son. We have been washed clean. We are now partakers of his divine nature. And if that wasn't enough, he is not imputing our sins to us. He is not holding, if the word imputing, holding our sins against us. We do not have to be good enough. We do not have to work hard enough for our salvation. It is a free gift. Thank you, Jesus. What an amazing Father we have. The good, I, I want to, so this morning I want to share with you, I want to bring you a message of hope, the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And let's start with God. God has never left the throne. He is the same. He does not change. He does not lie. He keeps every promise he has made. The Bible says in Hebrews 13, chapter 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the same. If God sent manna in the wilderness, he can send manna today. If God parted the Red Sea then, he can part it again today. If God saved Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from the fire and Daniel from the lion's den, he can do it again today. We have resources the world knows nothing about because Luke 137 says, with God, Nothing will be impossible. Thank you, Jesus. What mountain do you need removed today? James 1.17, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. God does not change. And according to this verse, it says, according to this verse, let's ask the question, how do we know if what is happening around us and to us is from God or from Satan? This verse says, every good and perfect gift is from God. So if it is good and it's perfect, it's from God. If it is the truth, it's from God. If it is bad or evil, it's from Satan. If, or if it is a lie, it is from Satan. Because Satan is a liar and the father of lies. John 8, 44, the second half of the verse says, he was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. This is so contrary to who God is. Numbers 23 Verse 19, God te tells us that God is not a man that he should lie. God does not lie. Or a son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? And the answer is no. God keeps every promise he has ever made. He is a good, good father and speaks only the truth. The world wants you to believe there is no absolute truth. That is a lie. God's word 
is absolute truth. Jesus said in John 17, 17, Jesus was speaking to his father, and he said, your word is truth. So now that I have made my case for God, not that I needed to, not that he needed any help, God is more than capable of defending himself. My question to you is, who are you? If you're taking notes, you'll want to write these down. Number one, you are a child of God. John 1.12 says, But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right. You have the right to become. If you believed in him, if you've received him, accepted him into your heart, you have been given the right by God to become his child. You are a child of the Most High God. Romans 8, 19 says, All of creation eagerly awaits for the children of God to be revealed. In order for us to be revealed, we need to know who we are, but more importantly, we need to know whose we are. Our identity is found only in him. Romans 8.16, his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. Ephesians 1.17, and I try to pray this for myself and my family every day. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better, so that I may know him better. I need the spirit of wisdom and revelation. How can we know our identity? In knowing him, you can learn your true identity. We need to know God more and more and more. I promise you, you will never run out of revelations of who God is. Number two, who are you? You are a dwelling place for God. Wow. 1 John 4, 15 through 17. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwells in him, and he in God. And we know, have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect. Your love in you, in your spirit, is perfect. That we may have boldness on the day of judgment, when we stand before God someday, we may have boldness and confidence that because, the end of the verse says, because as he is, so are we in this world. As he is, so are we in this world. We are to be just like him. Our identity as his sons and daughters is to be just like our father, to imitate him, to act like him, to love like him, to treat others just like God would treat them. John 3.16 says, 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have eternal life, have everlasting life. That is God's love to us, everlasting life, to reign and to live with him forever and ever and ever. We are commanded to love others the way that God loved us in his word. And I thought, is that possible that we can truly love others the way that God loves us? I believe, yes. Once we get a true revelation of God's love for us. Because if we don't believe that God loves us, how can we believe that God loves anyone else? Number three, who are you? You are the righteousness of God in Christ. Ephesians 4, 21 through 24. When you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus, because Jesus is the truth, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, your old nature, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires and to be made new in the attitude of your minds. We are to renew our minds and to put on the new self, which is, if you belong to Jesus Christ, your true nature. That, and let's finish the rest of that verse. And we are to put on the new self that is created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. That's what we were created to be. That's our true nature. That's who we really are in our spirit. Righteousness is right standing with God because of what Jesus has already done for us when we believed and received Jesus into our heart, we were to renew our mind, to take off or remove our old self and to put on the new self, that verse says. What is the new self? Your new self once again, has been created to be like God in righteousness and holiness. We are to be clothed in righteousness and holiness. And I'll tell you what, when we get there, when we can get that mind renewed and believe who we are in Jesus Christ, it is a glorious clothing it is a bridal garment, so bright, shining forth in the love of God towards all humanity. That is what we've been called, to love humanity, to love them so much that we are willing to preach the good news of the gospel so that they can come to heaven with us. Number four, who are you? You are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Jesus said, Matthew 7, verse 20, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people 
by their actions. And in another translation, in the NIV, Jesus said, Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. What is the fruit of the Spirit that dwells within us? Galatians 5, 22 through 23. Say it with me. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That is in you. That is in your spirit. This is who you are. Galatians 5, 24 and 25 says, Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified their flesh, their old self, with its passions and its desires. Since we now live by the Spirit, let us walk in step with the Spirit. We were created in him to be like him in righteousness and holiness. For as he is, so are we to be in this world. Thank you, Jesus, for making a way for us. We are no longer dirty old sinners, but we are the righteousness of God. We have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ, and it is now he who lives in us, and not he who lives in the world. Amen? Romans 8.1, For there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Praise God. For, so if you've been living under condemnation, I want to tell you this morning, it is not coming from God, but from Satan, the liar, the father of lies, who wants to keep you away from God. Right? He wants to tell you that you're not good enough that you can't live up to what is expected of you or what God might expect of you, right? He wants to keep you under the law. But Jesus has redeemed us from the curse of the law when he became a curse for us. Number five, who are you? You are the redeemed of God. Galatians 3, 13. But Christ has rescued us from the curse, pronounced by the law when he was hung on the cross. He took upon himself the curse of our wrongdoing, for it is written in the scripture, Every cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. And not only have you been redeemed by his blood, but number six, who are you? You are blessed. What Peter was talking about. Thank you, Peter. That was awesome word. You are blessed. Galatians 3.14, through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles, look at these words, with the same blessing he promised to Abraham, so that we who are believers, we who believe in Jesus Christ and have him in our heart, might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. 
Jesus bled and died for you and me so we can receive all the blessings of God. And here are just some of those blessings. There are so many more. You can go to God's word. There's all the curses and the blessings, but read the blessings because those are all for you. Those were all promised to Abraham. In Psalms 103, 2 through 5, here's the, some of the blessings I want to share with you. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits or all his blessings. What does he do? He forgives all of your sins. He heals all of your diseases, any unwholesome condition in your body. He redeems your life from the pit, from hell. He redeems you from hell and crowns you with love and compassion, satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. How many of you want your youth renewed? <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. God sees, God hears every prayer that you have prayed. Nothing has been overlooked. If you are still waiting on an answer, praise God. He is still working on your behalf. He is never late. He's always on time. There is no mountain, that song, there is no mountain that cannot be removed. There is no obstacle that can stand in your way to keep you from the God-given destiny that he has created you to do. God knows, and he can be trusted with every detail of your life because he is faithful. He loves you. He is love. As we surrender and turn it all over to him, Everything will turn out for our good. We don't have to worry about it. God's got this. The word says in Proverbs 4, 25 through 26, look straight ahead with honest confidence. Don't hang your head in shame or guilt, but plan carefully what you do and whatever you do will turn out right. Everything's going to be just fine. The thief may try to keep us, to keep us in fear, to keep us in anxiety, to keep us from our destiny, but we will resist him. James 4, 7 Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil. And what? He will flee from you. Praise God. James 4.8, the first part of that verse says, Come near to God. Seek him, and he will come near to you. Our God is so much bigger. We have nothing to fear, even in the face of adversity, because we have the answer. The answer is Jesus Christ. He is the answer. Number seven, who are you? You are from God. 1 John 4, 4, you dear children are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you 
is greater than the one who is in the world. The Holy Spirit that dwells within you is more powerful than Satan. The Holy Spirit that dwells within you is more powerful than Satan. You are from God and you have been uniquely created by him. Psalms 139.13 For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. You see, he made all the delicate inner parts of your body. What a loving, creative father we have that he thought about us even before we took one breath, he was already there. He saw us, he formed us, and we can say with confidence, Psalms 139.14, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. You see, Satan may try to kill, steal, and destroy. He may try to disform us, may try to disfigure us. He may try to bring disease on us, and believe me, he does. He may try to lie about us, but not God. He loves us. He created us unique, one of a kind. You are the only one who can do what you have been created to do. Nobody can steal that from you. Nobody can take your destiny from you. That should remove all jealousy, because guess what? No one can do what God's created me to do. No one can do what God's created you to do. Psalms 139, verse 16. Your eyes saw my unformed body. And listen to this. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them even came to be. Isn't that amazing? And in second verse, to back that up, Ephesians 2.10, For you are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works. What? Which God prepared in advance for you to do. For only you to do. So don't try to check out too early because... Only you can do what God's created you to do. You know, so many times I say, Lord, I want to go to heaven and be with you. No more tears, no more crying, no more sorrow. But God created you for a specific purpose that only you can do. So don't check out early. Do everything, accomplish everything that God has created for you. It's your choice to say yes. Yes, Lord, show me your path. Show me your plan for my life. When you received Jesus into your heart, you became a brand new creation. Your old self was crucified with Jesus. You didn't have to do anything. It was done by Jesus on the cross. He paid the price for all of your sin. You don't have to work for it. There's nothing more you will ever have to do to earn your salvation or healing or healing. Just receive it. Ephesians 2.8 For by grace, the grace of a loving Father, that you have been saved through faith because you believed. 
and not from yourself, but it is a gift of God, not of works. This is a free gift, once again, to you from God. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a brand new creation. The old, the old person has passed away. Behold, the new has come. The new person has come. If you did not know it before, you know it now. When you came to Jesus, everything you've ever done has been forgiven. All of your past sins, your present sins, and yes, even your future sins are forgiven. They are covered by the blood of Jesus. He's not going back to the cross. He's already done it. And there is no more condemnation. Don't let Satan win this battle. Number eight, who are you? You are in Christ. And I want to share this powerful verse one more time. Romans 8, 1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I believe someone needed to hear that today. So if you belong to Jesus, there is no condemnation. And because you are in Christ Jesus and he is in you, you have the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians 2.16 For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Because you are in Christ and he is in you, you have the mind of Christ. Amen? And lastly, number nine, who are you? You are seated with Jesus. Ephesians 2, 6, God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Why? So that he might show the amazing grace, the amazing kindness, his amazing love that he has for us. So I have good news for you. If there's anything you've been dragging around, any shame, any guilt, you can let it go today. For you are, this is your who you are, you are a brand new creation. You have been redeemed. You are the righteousness in Christ. You stand before him in right standing, and he is not holding any of your sins against you. So let us today pick up our new identity and run with it. You have been set free, and change is on the way. Let's start to see the new you, the new, start see the new me, the new you. Let's look past the natural, what we see in the natural, in our flesh, and let's look into the supernatural, who God says we are, the spirit that dwells within us, who that spirit is that dwells in us. The possibilities are endless. For God is on the throne. God is on your side. He has an amazing plan 
for you. He's just waiting for you to say, here am I. Isaiah 6, 8. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, Lord, send me. Who will be his messenger of hope today? Who will speak for the Lord? Who will stand up for truth in a world that's so full of lies? God desires for us to be part of his plan, his purposes in the world today. All we have to do is say, yes, Lord, send me. Are we ready for this most powerful move of God that's coming on us and has already started revival? Are we ready to be used by God? The time has come for us to move past the old. Let us get rid of everything that hinders us, all the mountains that want to stand in our way, and let us move on into our destiny in him. Hebrews 12.1 admonishes us, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily wants to entangle us. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. The time has come, brothers and sisters, for us to put on the bridal garments that have been made ready for us in advance. You are, are you ready to walk into this set time in history? For that is what it is. Into your God-given, created destiny. Who are you? You are, number one, a child of God. You are a child of the living God. Number two, you are a dwelling place for God. You are, number three, the righteousness of God. Number four, you are the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You are redeemed. You are blessed. Number seven, you are from God and created by him. Number eight, you are in Christ. Number nine, you are seated with Jesus in the heavenlies. Don't forget that, ever. He's given you authority. And most important, and you won't have this one, most importantly, You are loved by him. I want to end with reading this song, and I'm going to have Julie just play it quietly, because then I'd like us all to sing it and decree and declare it of who we are. I am the righteousness of God, written by David Ingalls. 
I have been crucified with Christ, crucified and buried with Him. We are one with Him in righteousness after we became one in sin. He became as we were, that we might be as He is now. He became one with us in death. We became one with Him in life. I am confessing. He died to make us live, to make us righteous. He was made sin. He became weak to make us strong, suffered shame to give us glory. He went to hell to take us to heaven, was condemned to justify us. He was made sick to make us well. Do you know that he was so disfigured that they say that when he died on the cross, he was unrecognizable. He took every disease, every disease. He took all of our pain, all of our suffering, so that we don't have to have that today, so we don't have to live with that today. We can be joyful today. He was cast out from the presence of God to make us welcome there. We can enter into his presence. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am a brand new creation in him. I can now approach the presence of God. That curtain was torn by God himself with no condemnation of sin. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am now complete in Him. I am a partaker of His divine nature. On me, He will not impute sin. He will not hold our sin against us. Praise God. If you have heard this message today and you know that you haven't fully surrendered your life over to Jesus and you want to do that today, as we sing together and declare this song, please come forward and we would love to pray with you. Or if you have any sickness, I don't care what it is, in your body today. Come forward. Today is your day. This is your day. And Doug, I'm going to have you cut the live feed. I want to just respect your privacy.